So this is just, yeah. you know, again, I keep on talking about this whole, you know, this whole time I'm aware this is, this, this is happening. And I'm starting to wonder to myself, I'm like, at what point, what point is this going to like, what is the shutoff point? Like, when does it go? When does the, does the brain switch? The, you know, does it flick the little switch and, uh, and just cause you to collapse? You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast, episode number 86. And I know some of you are thinking 86 should have been last week. Yeah, guys, life is busy. I am training like a madman. Work is keeping me busy. Life is keeping me busy. And so last week just had to fall by the wayside. I apologize for that. But, you know, sometimes you just got to shift some priorities around. But we are back this week. And today we'll be talking with a good friend of mine, Jeremy Howard. Now you'll hear a little bit about how I met Jeremy and our time together in Louisiana, but uh, Jeremy, like many of us, found out his love for running a little later in life and discovered that he was pretty good at it. In fact, him and I, you'll hear us talking, we met at Boston, we were running Boston. Um, He recently attempted, in fact, earlier this week, uh, the long trail in Vermont. He tried for the fastest known time unsupported of this 273 mile gnarly trail. And I loved hearing about his experience and the things that he learned and how he prepared and how he planned this thing out. Uh, I think you'll get a lot out of it. Uh, Jeremy is a great guy. He's one of those people that you're like, yeah, the world's a better place with Jeremy in it. Love that guy. And uh, I hope you get a lot out of um, just just talking about racing and just talking about, you know, the thing that we do and balancing life and learning. Uh, It's a great podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. Before we get started, I want to thank our our sponsors real quick. First of all, I want to thank Exoskin. Uh, Exoskin makes great products. They are made in the USA. Uh, their products with their copper woven technology, they keep you from chafing. Um, they have uh, anti-odor uh, built inside of them and I've shared this before it's kind of gross but I've run 100 milers where everything else I was wearing just really stunk but the shorts didn't um, I love their exotoes I wore them for the love it 100 and um, we had multiple uh, creek crossings my feet got wet and dry and wet and dry never changed my socks or my shoes and my feet were happy exotoes keep my feet happy and keep me blister free if you don't like the toe socks they have the regular socks too they've got calf sleeves arm sleeves uh, shorts tight shirts all made with this they now they've got a new underwear. Uh, some liners um, that are supposed to be amazing and so you can check those out if you go to www.exoskin.us and uh, if you decide to buy something use the code run the riot r-u-n-t-h-e-r-i-o-t and you get a good discount now every one of their products is a a 30-day money-back guarantee try the product out and if um, you don't care for it if you don't like it which i don't know how you wouldn't uh you return it and you get your money back and we're also brought to you by runner's world tulsa if you're in the tulsa area make sure you stop by runner's world tulsa and talk to kathy and barbara they will help you with what you need these are experienced ladies they've been around running uh, from 5ks to, to ultra marathons they've been around it all done it all and they can help you with what you need for nutrition for packs for shoes anything that has to do with running they can help you out. Go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com or stop 
by. And we are also brought to you by the Outlaw 100 Race Series. Yes, the Outlaw 100 Race Series, uh, based out of uh, Oklahoma, and some are in South Kansas. Man, these are great races. They include the Flat Rock Triple Crown. That's in Independence, Kansas. Great races. I ran the 50K uh, not too long ago. Uh, Just love that trail. It's awesome. Uh, Also, the Lake McMurtry Run in Stillwater. That's in April. Another great trail. Flower Moon Ultra in uh, Paw Huska in May. The Dark and Dirty is coming up in Wilburton in July. The Thunderbird in Norman in November, another great race. And the flagship, the Outlaw 100 in February with distances at 135, 135, 135 miles. Yeah, 100 miles, 50 miles, marathon, half marathon, and 5K. These are all great trail runs put on by ultra runners, and they know what they're doing. They will take care of you, and I just can't. Yeah, and you better sign up early because these suckers sell out. So as soon as you see that they're open, get in those races. All right, guys, that's all we've got to start. I apologize again for last week for missing. So we got a really good one this week. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Howard. As you heard earlier on the podcast today from Rhode Island, my good friend, Jeremy Howard. How you doing, brother? Hey, David. How are you? Good, good. You know, the hard thing about uh, doing these podcasts is you and I connect and we start talking off the air. And I got to be careful because I, I got so much we want to catch up on, but I want to record it because it's so so much good stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's been a, been a few years. So uh, this is awesome. Great opportunity to catch up. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I miss. Uh, anyway, miss miss being. Both of us are, are you know removed from uh, from Louisiana now, so uh, you know got a got a good distance between us, man. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna get to your FK yeah FKT attempt. Uh, it, it, it was huge. I'm so proud of you for, for, for attempting it for do, you know, for, and I, I got so many questions about it, but, but I want to, you know, to give a little background of who you are, uh, to the listeners. And, um, you know, we first met, actually, we were both living in, I mean, I'm from South Louisiana, you were living in South Louisiana, but we met officially in Boston. <laughs> That's right. You're correct. I actually forgot that. That's funny. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to think through, you know, when we first met and, and uh, it was it was through Chris Odenay. Uh We all got together and uh, I think we were having dinner before the race, I think. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Hunting around the north end for uh, for some good Italian. And I think we ended up at subpar Italian. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. Um, but uh, but yeah, we, we, we you were running Boston, um, um, I think, for charity. And uh, yeah, I ended up running it with with uh, Chris, and it was it was not the most beautiful weather out it there. It was we, not. We suffered greatly through cold and and everything. Now you had run Boston before that, right? I think that was my second that year. Uh, so that was my second for charity, and then I did the uh, three more after that. That were all qualifiers. So. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So let's let's a little bit. You, so you're originally from from the Northeast, right? Kind of, sort of. Uh, since two roughly well, I went to school up here uh okay. in from like 95 and then we my wife and I settled down here in 2000 she's from Connecticut so we've been in a small town called Little Compton which is down by the uh down by the coast we're uh, we're flatlanders as far as the running community is concerned gotcha gotcha uh how long how long did you live in uh, south louisiana we're there 4 years 
Four years. Okay. I, I yeah. thought for some reason I was thinking it was it was longer than that. No. Nope. Quick little. Uh, it was a work opportunity that took me down there, and uh, it sort of evolved. And we have three kids, and um, I don't know. It just made sense. It timed out to keep uh, our eldest daughter was starting high school there, so it kind of made sense to keep our uh, keep our time down there till she graduated, and then we moved back up. Uh, back up to Rhode Island again afterwards. Okay. So I, ha- I have to ask this question. Uh, we, we need to get into running and stuff, but what do you miss most about South Louisiana? Flat out the food. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, mean, I love the, I love the people. Love the people. I should say that. Careful. Can we, can we uh, yeah, go back? Okay. Uh, food, food first. Or sorry. <laughs> people first food second there you go there you go but yeah no we made made some met some incredible people down there i mean it's just a, it's a really interesting it's a fascinating piece of the country obviously um just culturally it's uh i always kind of refer to it as a place that you know it's almost like living outside of the u.s with all while being within our boundaries because it is hands down the most unique uh corner of the country and then oddly enough in that horrible swampy heat um an incredibly robust uh running community which yeah. uh, kind of caught me off guard so um, I had some good company down there for sure. It was fantastic. Yeah. You, it, it's kind of neat though. I mean, I, you, you make friends in four years, you know, you make friends for life, you know, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I have to say now living in Oklahoma, okay. I, I do. I miss, I miss our, our running community tremendously. I, I, you know, those are just such good friends, but I also miss the food. We have some, some <laughs> we have some good food here in Oklahoma, some decent stuff, but it's not South Louisiana. <laughs> Problem is none of it's good for you down there. It just tastes <laughs> really good. <laughs> well, well, we have an, an a bears here in Tulsa. So, uh, uh, Do you? Oh, it's at, funny. yeah, at the end of my run the other day, Jen had, she had some boudin waiting for me. So I had some no really way. good boudin and it, that hilarious. hits the that hits the spot after a long time. It's awesome. It's good stuff. Yeah. So that jambalaya. It's oh, good man. Thing. It's all good. So, all right. Now that we're sufficiently uh, hungry. And, hungry. And, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, when did you like your when did you start running? Like when did you really start start, you know, running long distances? Did you run in so high pretty, No, the running thing was super. I'm a very much a late bloomer. Um, okay. So I travel a lot for work. Uh, internationally, I'm usually actually gone, uh, in a normal year when we don't have pandemics and things like that. Um, almost a third of the year. So I'd gone to this point where I'd actually put on a, I think I was almost tipping 200 pounds. Um, you know, it's just being on the road is not conducive to a healthy lifestyle yeah. at all. You, yeah. you know, you board an airport, you board on a plane, you're drinking, you're eating, you just, it's what you do. Yeah. Um, and so I realized I had to do something, um, and just being a, being a pretty goal oriented guy. I just, uh, like I had a friend visiting up in the Northeast when we were up here one summer and he's like, let's go for like an eight mile run. I'm like, you crazy. Like, I'm not doing that. Like I hadn't run over three miles in my life. And it was funny. We went out and did this thing. And like, I just, it was like, got past this, hit this distance. And it was only eight miles. It wasn't anything crazy, but it was, it just, it resonated with me. There was something in there that just was like, I'm like, that was actually fun. So kind of went, it just sort of just snowballed from there. Um, and pretty quickly, I just went straight into, I signed up for my first marathon, I think in 14, uh, Bay state marathon just outside of Boston. Um, and, uh, that was, it's kind of been, that's the beginning of the track. I just, I did it successively, I think now 12 different marathons. Um, and then kind of, I have this history of, so I always had to set a new race. It's like, okay, (laughs) finish one. What's the next one? I mean, it's a classic thing. We all, we all do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That have the ones that have this disease that is, um, (laughs) 
And, uh, you know, I just burnt myself out on marathons and then I was like, well, what's next? Like, these things are boring now. Like, and, uh, so then got into the ultra side of things and went straight into a 50 miler that Fawn Hernandez, who you've had on here before, um, her and Justin, her husband were headed up to Chattanooga to do a run up there. She was doing her, might've been her first hundred, I believe. Um, and, uh, and so it was, uh, one of the Chattanooga trail races there and, uh, did my first 50 there. Okay. And after that, I was just like, I was hooked. I mean, I, I'm a, I have a big sort of outdoors background, um, done a lot of backpacking and hiking and things like that. So to kind of meld the two together, you know, have the, the sort of passion of running combined with sort of being on the woods at the same time was like, man, this is like, this is heaven. Oh, couldn't, man. couldn't be any better. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, I didn't realize then when, when we met at Boston, I mean, you hadn't been running all mm-hmm. that crazy long then. I, I didn't know that. Not at all. Huh. Not at all. And I, you know, at my age, I'm going to be, I'm looking at 50, uh, very straight in the eyes. It's coming up in about two weeks. <laughs> oh, so wow. I, I think it's, so I think I'm lucky that way because I, you know, my limbs are in actually in great shape. Um, I seem to respond to training very well still. Um, so it's, I think if I had been running all this time, I probably would be kind of burnt out and, and unable to do so as effectively as I think I can anyway. <laughs> well, so, so like I'm, you know, I, I started later than, you know, I started late too for, you know, for me, I wish I, you know, I kind of wish I'd have discovered it early, but you, I mean, you discovered it even, even, you know, later on. And, um, and, and I mean, you're, you knocked down some, some good times. And like you said, you qualified for ball, you actually qualified for Boston, you know, multiple times. And that's pretty, that's pretty awesome, man. That you kind of yeah, discovered that you were good at it. You know, like, I don't know. I, I, I often look back and like, well, what if I had discovered this like right out of high school or in high school? Like, I don't know. It would have been a positive or negative, you know, burnout or right. Yeah, flying, exactly. you know? I don't know. <laughs> For me, it probably would have been burnout. Like, I mean, that's the thing. I kind of go hard at these things and it's just, it's like, what's next? Well, thanks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, super, yeah. super kind of antsy and like, you just want to keep pushing. It's like you achieve one thing. I'm like, okay, I know I can do that now. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that's like at all. <laughs> Well, I just found out what I, what I can't do is like, so we'll, uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, so I didn't realize your first, your first 50 was in Chattanooga. Um, and you, and you got that done that that's, you know, that, that, how was that experience for you going from, from road marathon? I know, and I know you trained, you had run on the trails quite a bit, but going into an actual 50 mile race after doing, you know, uh, the marathons that you did, uh, I don't know what was, what was good about it? What was rough about it? What did you find you need to work on and how'd your body respond? It was a, it was actually a terrible race. Um, I actually got food poisoning the night before. Um, so oh, I woke yeah. up, I thought it was kind of thought it was nerves and it was not nerves. I mean, I was, <laughs> I think at like mile 20, I had thrown up every last piece of bile in my stomach. Um, and it was sort of hit this aid station and our other good friend, Edie was there helping, um, Fawn and Justin out. Um, and she just looked at me, she's like, you, well, you got an option so you can, you can keep going a little bit. She said, just go 10 miles down the road. Just see if you can do it down the trail, do 10 miles more down the trail. Take some, you know, I had some ginger ale and, uh, went out and did those 10 miles and, um, was like, okay, well I can, at least I can always turn back. Like I can, it's, it's I won't be stuck because it was an out and back run. So you'd either go 10 miles or you'd go 25. Sorry. There's an airplane going overhead. No, it's all right. Um, <laughs> and sure enough, it kind of cleared on its own and, uh, finished up the race and, and I, I just loved it. Like it was just so, I mean, how much fun I mean, running around the woods in the night with a headlamp and I mean, it's like being 12 again. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. so I, and I, you know, my body did respond well to it. I think I just, you know, I find it again, as you get a little older too, it's maybe a little trail running. I think it's a little, uh, it's marathon running tends to beat me up. 
especially the training. Every time I've gotten injured severely, it's been on a on training plan, you know, cause he's super, super high intensity, you know, road runs where you're just pounding, pounding, pounding. It's uh, it's aggressive um, where the trail running obviously uses a lot of sort of secondary muscles. Yeah. I don't always get exercised and it's just, a, it's a better, I find just a better overall workout and just a healthier way to way to train and run. Yeah. So, so talking injuries real quick in the past, I know, I know you've had, um, cause, cause we've talked and we've, uh, we've had similar things going on and you shared some things with me that, that, that worked some exercises, but like some, uh, I don't know, uh, back compression issues yeah, and numerous, different- numerous back issues. Um, those have been kind of probably had three good bouts of that. Uh, you know, and finally, after many, many years, I've sort of realized it's all related to, you know, not building in, regulated core workouts. I mean, those have to be as important as the run-ins and it's always, you know, the run always takes priority in your head and yeah. on paper um, yeah. because that's the miles. I got to get the miles, got to get the miles, but you, <laughs> yeah. and you'll, you'll forfeit. And even you'd be like, okay, I'll do the, I'll do the strength workout in the afternoon. Afternoon rolls around. It doesn't happen. So yeah. Yeah. I now do those like straight out of bed. Like it's like, wake up the mat is sitting by my bed, by all my elastic, my bands are all there and my yoga blocks, whatever I need, they sit there. And so it's just this like, it's like, okay, no, this is happening before you run. So, so the run becomes the reward after doing those. And that, that's helped immensely. Um, and then this year I had a rogue thing with, uh, I was on a training run two years or two weeks before doing this FKT thing, uh, the original start date, um, and had cellulitis, which I didn't even know existed. I didn't know what that was. I thought it was something, I don't know that very old people got or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. get some compression so, socks or <laughs> so, yeah exactly i was like but yeah it was a crazy uh kind of infection in the in the shin um i guess you get you get from trail running sometimes you know it's just a you get a nick on your leg and a bacteria gets in there and uh it, it was awful so that took me out for two weeks and uh yeah mostly back stuff though um everything else has been pretty decent just the normal normal bumps and bruises we all get yeah, I think I think we learned like that that the hard way about the core and about trying to be well balanced. And so, uh, yeah, I try to I don't know if anybody's listening, like, you know, do do the other work, do the other part, because, yeah. uh, you know, you think you're invincible and you're feeling invincible. A lot of times, you know, you're feeling great. You're like crushing it. And then, you know, something happens, you know, you know, some ancillary exactly. something hurts or ah, you know, it's like, uh, oh and it, i mean these things take you down for i mean these, these back issues are so those are sometimes three four weeks at least yeah um you know so you're losing all that that running training time and it's just uh it just perpetuates itself yeah better put it in ahead of time and and, and get it done uh so you're you you decide you do the, the 50 mile you love it and then you decide uh uh, at some point it's a hundred mile time and you signed up for the Vermont 100. That's uh, correct. Yeah. So what was your, what was your reasoning for doing that one? And, uh, and how was, how did you, how did you train going into it? Well, we were living in Louisiana still at the time, but we'd come back up to Rhode Island in the summers. Um, so it just timed out with being up here. Um, I, I do not enjoy running in Louisiana in the summer. So I was not signing up for an ultra <laughs> in, that, in that, in that heat. It's fantastic training actually, but yeah, uh, yeah. it's not pleasurable at all. <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Vermont's a pretty cool run. Um, it's one of the older kind of the first, you know, the, the big four sort of, I think they refer them refer to them as um, it's also got horses in the race, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so you end up running actually right alongside horses around, they release them. I think when the runners are at like mile 40 roughly. So then the horses kind of, you, you kind of like at 50 mile mark and these horses start going by, you know, it's crazy. It's like, it's so cool though. 
And then this neat thing is you end up actually almost traveling at the same speed because the horses have to stop. They can't eat on the go. They can't drink on the go. Yeah. They've got to rest. If they're sweating up, they actually have to stop to sort of like, you know, get chilled out for a little bit. So you end up almost going at the same pace. And like, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and they'll go faster up a hill than a human does, but then they're, they're typically quite slow going downhill. So you kind of bomb past the horse and then the horse catches you. And like, I don't know, it, it was a blast. It's a, it's a really fun run. Um, it's a beautiful country up there too. That's in the Southern Vermont section. Um, and I had a pretty solid uh, sub 21 hour time on that. So yeah. I was like, oh, sweet. This is uh, this is not so bad. And that was, uh, I would say up until this recent FKT, that was my favorite race uh, that I've done. I literally, I think I smiled from start to finish. I just loved, loved, loved it. The whole, you know, the whole aid station vibe and like the people that are in it. And, um, you know, I remember a woman running by me and being like, just aren't we so lucky to be here? Like, oh, that's cool. Like, yes, we are. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's these little like moments that happen like that where you're just, you know, it all just sort of clicks and um, you just feel really lucky to, to be able to do this stuff. It's, it's amazing. Now you had, uh, you had Fawn and Justin, uh, uh, crew they were crewing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Nice. Nice. No. And, that, and that's cool too, to be able to share, you know, I don't know, share it with other friends yeah, and, and, uh, definitely. yeah. Did you, um, did you hit, I mean, it being your first hundred, did you hit any, I mean, any lows, did you have to struggle through some, you know, some, some dark patches here and there? I mean, I have, my one issue in sort of those hundred plus distances is, uh, I get, I have a pretty big issue with sort of bruising under the, right under the toe mound. So sort of at the front of the foot. Huh, so that kicked okay. in pretty bad towards the end, but it was completely runnable. It was a bigger issue in my second hundred at Leadville. Um, when it just, I mean, it kind of happened on the FKT again too, much bigger capacity, but, um, because that's the biggest struggle I had mentally. I seem to, for the most part, uh, well, I don't know. Leadville had slow moments too, but Vermont was great. Uh, yeah, not a, yeah. not a, I was, I was really happy start to finish. Nice. Well, that, that, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, uh, you, what was your training like going into it? I mean, cause you obviously to feel good the whole time you had to have, have a pretty solid training going into well, it. Well, you, uh, it would, you helped me out with that a little bit. Um, so that way, I mean, I was self-trained. I didn't, wasn't working with a coach or anything like that. We were on that. Uh, I think what's we all refer to commonly as the ladies plan, uh, the ladies ultra plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, it's not, there's nothing ladylike about it. Yeah, no, it's, it's not an easy plan. It's, <laughs> it's, it's plenty, it shouldn't be referred to as that, or if anybody takes it that way, don't, cause it's, yeah. uh, there's nothing light about it at all. Yeah. Um, but it's a great plan. It's a, you know, it's got the, the classic sort of stacked weekends, mm -hmm. um, with the big miles on the weekends, not a ton of intensity during the week. And I, I would say that would be the only thing I would, criticize that plan for yeah. or maybe i just wasn't didn't know enough to sort of build into the, you know do that it was just a lot of i was just logging miles and getting them done yeah um, pounding a lot of hills uh, that's the one thing vermont has um, especially on that course a lot of descent um so really sort of you know really pounding your downhills build your quads up um, yeah. and then just do your climbs uh that was that was perfect that, that, that's one of the things that with that plan that I, I i found too i was getting i was getting stuck in that rut of just getting miles done yeah. and, and not changing my intensity which which i'm yeah. doing i have, have done a lot of now and uh, yeah um but um but yeah yeah it's a good it's a good plan you just have to modify a little bit our our you know those midweek miles add some 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 intervals and things like the hills exactly. <laughs> yeah. oh which makes it more interesting too because it does get it gets dull yeah. But the, you know, the other nice thing with some of these plans is because of my travel schedule, um, and I, I guess I, I always love doing this, I can kind of build them into my travel. 
Yeah. So wherever I am, I can typically go on a run. Uh, when I travel to China a lot, that's can be a little bit of a challenge because the pollution is so bad, but, but it's awesome. Like it forces you when you're in, you know, you end up in a, I don't know, Minneapolis or something, let's say, and it just, you see all kinds of cool parts of the country, you find a local to go to a run shop nearby, ask them for some good routes. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's super, super fun. And then what I started doing with my travel was even extending. So if I had a Friday work meeting, I'd kind of stay through the weekend to do, you know, get some big miles out. And I go to Seattle a fair amount. So would uh, tag on a weekend out in the mountains with some buddies out there um, oh, and get, you know, do the training kind of on the, on the, all work was paying for the, for the air ticket. <laughs> yeah. um, it was, it was, it's, it's kind of a, I have a pretty good, good schedule that way, which is nice and mixes up the location and geography. Yeah, that's. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was gonna. I was gonna. So the listeners know that you, when you travel, when you say you travel a lot, it's it's not only around the United States, but it's internationally. And I, um, yeah. I, you um, you shared with me, and we've talked before, like when you're in China and you you know you really you you have to check the air quality. And, uh, I thought about you the other day, cause I installed an app on my phone that, that does the air quality and all. And I checked different parts of China and it's like, man, you really, um, I don't know. It's not a, a lot of, it, most of the rough. cities are pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, it's on a whole nother scale that we don't even see here. Um, yeah. and often what you're, you know, the, the reports that you're seeing there are run by state media, so they're not necessarily hundred percent accurate. So yeah. you kind of look on a, on a, you know, a third party app that isn't, it isn't from over there basically. Uh, yeah. and it's, uh, it, it's frightening. I mean, you can tell, and I, I two days after I'm there for two days, typically just not even exercising. I can feel my eyes watering and, um, you kind of feel like you're always getting a, you've got a cold coming on your throat's a little sore. So it's yeah. truly probably arguably not healthier to not run there a lot yeah. of times. So it's, those are the only treadmill runs I ever do or when I'm stuck there, they bought me a treadmill at the factory that I go to. So, um, that's cool. jump in on that thing and windows all closed. <laughs> oh man. That's yeah. That's, that's some mental miles, some mental miles. There. <laughs> it, it, it is indeed. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I think the only place I saw that, that well on the app that was worse is like parts of India, uh, you know, yeah. which, which no, was, it can be rough. Yeah. Yeah. But so. there's also some really fun spots. Like, uh, you know, if you go down to Hong Kong and stuff, they've got some incredible mountains out there and, and wilderness as well. And I've, I've done a couple runs out there, these big long weekend ones that were just unbelievable, like just crazy along by beaches and like all of a sudden you're climbing up the top of a huge peak and like, it, it's amazing. So there's some, there's some good spots out there too. I interviewed uh, interviewed a guy, uh, elite runner from from Hong Kong, and uh, or he lives in Hong Kong uh, with T eight Run, and he was talking about how amazing it is there in the middle of the city. There's this just amazing network of trails yeah, that, that they run. That's, that's huge, yeah, huge trail running oh, community. It's crazy. You yeah, had to it's look it up on a map, amazing. and you could, I was like, ah, yeah. that's, that's awesome. <laughs> no, it's super super cool. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So you got Vermont done. I mean uh, great experience. You, you, uh, and then, um, your next, next hundred, uh, was Leadville and I'm, you got in, I, I still hadn't got into Leadville, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that, I think that was a, I think Vermont was a qualifier for that one. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. Got into, that was a lottery too though. So, uh, yeah, I just, I cleared the lottery and, uh, it was, uh, yeah, that's good, but that's one of those, that's one of those that's, uh, it's kind of, um, I don't know, you, you, it, they don't, they're not real clear on how, how it works to get in, but I'm hoping, anyway, I'm going to run Silver Rush 50 in a couple of weeks and I'm hoping to get a, 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 a token or badge or whatever. That thing yeah, is. yeah, whatever. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So Leadville different from Vermont, 
high altitude, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to prep to, to get out there. What did you do differently for Leadville? And it sounds like you had a little different experience out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a di- definitely a different experience for sure. Um, so was for, I mean, the altitude is just something you can't, well, you know, Louisiana was at sea level and Rhode Island's at sea level. Um, yeah. it's just, uh, it's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of prep I can do on that side. Luckily here we do have, um, outside of Boston area, there are some, there's some terrain that we can do there. Um, I've got a few hills here. Um, it's funny. I didn't actually pound the hills that hard for Leadville, okay. um, in training at least. And then we have good friends that live in Denver. Uh, one of them has a condo up in, uh, up in Keystone area and was able to use that place, um, a week ahead. So I went out there, um, basically 10 days before the race and nice. that altitude adjustment period was critical. I, I, I believe it was huge because it, yeah. it hit me hard when we get up to, I'd be good till around like, I don't know, 11,000 feet or 12,000 feet, but you get up above that and I was like, Whoa, I'm out of my head. Like <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was crazy. Uh, just, just nuts. Um, but yeah, that was a, it was a rough race. Uh, I think I, it was, uh, it's a, it's a big race too. I, I honestly, I, I don't want to you know criticize anybody that loves it, but it what maybe wasn't my favorite. And again, I don't have a huge docket here to compare on, but right. it's big. Um, their logistics, I think had, they have some issues uh, for sure. This mm-hmm. uh, in particular this year, there were, uh, they had some problems with a road access that had been washed out by an avalanche earlier in the season. Uh, okay. So a ton of people couldn't get their pacers and crew and all that stuff uh, to the halfway mark where typically they're picked up. Um, so it was, what well, didn't affect me per- personally, if I, but it was, uh, there were just some, they had some hiccups for sure. Yeah. And then there's just the scale of it. It's crowded um, and uh, super fun race, but I don't know. Again, I, that one, I got to the 50 mile mark and I, I literally, I went and sat in the portage on for uh, about 15 minutes. Just like, I'm like, am I really going to do this? Like turn around and go all the way back and do this darn thing again. Like, cause it's an out and back race, which I'm not a huge fan of. So, yeah. Um, but sure enough, went, went ahead and did it. And, uh, it was, uh, finished. Okay. It wasn't, wasn't a great time at all. Picked up Justin at mile 80. I think it was, yeah, I was, uh, pretty toast by then i think the poor guy had to basically walk me uh, all the way to the all the way to the end but, but he, a, a long slow hike he got you, he got you there though he's like i'm, I'm glad he you brought him there i'm glad I you brought he, him there. i felt bad because he was getting frustrated oh really <laughs> he wanted to run oh yeah okay i could tell he's like okay jeremy i want i want you to give me give me one minute of running and then we're gonna walk for two one minute running. Come on. That's all I, that's all I need. Like, yeah, Justin, yeah. I can't, I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even, uh, I'm glad you brought up the Porta John. Cause I, I look back at some of your pictures uh, for Leadville and, and, and you have you and uh, Justin running in into town at the finish. And uh, you made mention of uh, uh, having a, I guess an existential moment or something in the, in the Porta John. Yeah. Mile 50, uh, no, yeah, it was, no. a, was a quiet, quiet moment of reflection. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only place I- I could find peace and quiet. It was not pretty, but it was quiet. <laughs> there, there you go. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, but, you know, I think that's the interesting thing. Um, after having such a good experience in Vermont, you, you went and you, you had to, I mean, you had to dig deep. You had to dig really deep for this and to get it done. And you, and you did, and you, you continued it, you know, uh, even though it wasn't fun, even though, um, what do you think, uh, what do you think it was that, that caused you to, you know, when you weren't having fun, what, what was the carrot? What was it that, that said, you know, no, I'm going to finish this. What, what clicked in Leadville or this recent one? Leadville, Leadville, Leadville. 
uh i, I don't know it's just i just got to get it done like it's yeah. uh, i i it sounds cheesy it's like i'm not a quitter like, it's like <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. it, it, it where everybody and you, you've put so much work into it i mean you think yeah. about that it's like i mean these things build up and this you know i have a I'm, i've got a wife and three kids and the, the amount of sacrifice that they all put in um on yeah. my behalf uh is you know it's it's a hugely very selfless of them and very often i think selfish of, of me and any any father uh husband yeah. or wife or mother uh, can probably relate to to that feeling it's uh so i try to remember that when i get in those deep dark moments i'm like yeah. you know what they've all given up a lot you can suck it up and finish this darn thing and so yeah. it doesn't have to be a you know a stellar time but just go ahead and get it done yeah um, and then the expense of being there even i mean you know, these races aren't cheap it's yeah uh, <laughs> entry yeah. fees and airplane tickets and um, a lot of things come together to make it work. And we're, we're all lucky to be able to, to do them. There's a lot of people that can't. So um, try to try to remember that as well. Yeah. And, and, and there's something that, you know, that, I don't know, you know, that when you cross the finish line, you know, that, that it'll, it'll have been worth it. You know, you just got to get past right. it and, you know, like I'm not right. injured, I'm not dying. You know? Right. Like, well, and that's the thing you, and that, you know, after you do a few of these two, the next day you wake up and you're like, really wasn't that bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. What was, what was I complaining about? Like, why didn't I go faster? It was yeah. terrible. Like you didn't, you didn't do a good job. Like, it's hard to so explain those moments, you know? Yeah. Oh, it is. I mean, they're deep. They, uh, but yeah. And I think the more of them you go through the kind of the, the less they, they interrupt. Um, you just, you know, you just got to push through and you'll find the other side. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that experience. Well, let's pause for a second because I like, I always like to bring up, um, the, 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 the life balance and you're, you're a busy guy. Uh, you know, you travel a lot and, and you have family, you know, I have family and like right now, I mean, I'm in the midst of triple crown training and it's, it's, it's 17 and a half hours we're running this week and, you know, plus job, plus podcast, plus all the things, you know? And so it, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle, man. Uh, are there any, is there any, has there, been anything that you've learned, you know, in all you, in your training that things that you do that other people might, that just to help keep that balance and communication with your spouse and, uh, you know, what have you learned? <laughs> have you done uh, it well? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think I have. I mean, she's just, she's she, honestly, she's so forget. She knows that this is my, it also keeps my mental balance. Like I, yeah. I think that's the the sort of mutual understanding and respect about it. It's like, this is my, it's my sanity. She knows I work very hard. Um, yeah. and, this is sort of my time that I need to, and I don't run with music or anything like that. When I go out, it's, it's, it's really is just about being, being there and trying to enjoy that, that alone time is, you know, which is so, so valuable as much yeah. as possible, but yeah, it's a huge sacrifice on their part. Um, so trying to be, you know, just keep that, I guess, in perspective. Um, and, yeah. uh, is, is the best I can do it with the kids. It's been kind of fun as they've gotten older because I've been able to incorporate them into the races. Um, yeah. in fact, my son is going to be helping me out. Um, I'm doing high lonesome in a few weeks. Oh, um, so yeah. he's, he's going to be out there being my, uh, being my, my crew, which is awesome. So that's like that... super, super fun. And he's really good at it now. Like he's, he's gotten like, he comes out and he meets me a little bit ahead of the, you know, before, before I'm coming in and kind of, he's real calm. He asks me what I want. And he, he's, it's, and it's, so it's fun, you know, you're, as they get older, I think it gets a little easier because it, it just sort of becomes part of their, uh, make it, make it fun for them too. Well, no, that's, that's cool. It's a team effort, you know, because I mean, we yeah. both know our, our crews help, you know, make, can make a brick a race and, and all that. And they get to be a part of, of dad succeeding, you know, dad doing his thing. And that's, that's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. We got 
High Lonesome. We got almost, almost. We'll talk about that in a minute. Well, I'm, 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 I'm waiting. I've got that one's like in the back of my head right now. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sure walk, walk before I get to go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, and so you talk about, uh, um, you know, bringing your your family and and stuff into it. Um, and I don't want to spend too long on it, but um, you you guys have done some of these. Um, I, I know you did it, done a few, but what what are these um the, these research um um, expeditions that, that you guys have participated in? Um, so there's a group out of Canada. Uh, he's actually a, an old sort of, uh, he had a TV show. I think I came across it on the airplane actually once uh, called boundless. Um, and he, uh, a Canadian guy who would go out with another pal of his and they would do these just back to back epic, um, adventures. Like it would be one day they'd be, you know, stand up paddle boarding across the English channel or whatever. And what, maybe it wasn't that dramatic, but crazy back-to-back races that they would do, so, you know, big ultras. And, um, I kind of reached out to him and then I don't know we've sort of become friends over the years. Um, he started a group called adventure science. Um, and they, uh, basically do take sort of partner athletic sort of endurance level athletes with, um, sort of purposeful adventures, either for mostly on the scientific research side of things. Um, the one I've been most active in is a project in the bears ears, just outside of bears ears national park, um, documenting, uh, archeological sites out there that previously had no, um, yeah, haven't been documented basically. Um, and there's such a wealth of this, this, these sites out there, it's just crazy. And they're all super, super remote. So it requires, you know, the ability to sort of, get out into the wild comfortably, um, be out for multiple days, um, and just have some sort of a, some level of endurance. I mean, we're not running around, like looking for these things where it's a, it's a more of a slow methodical search, but, uh, and basically all that data that we're accumulating is being turned over to a, uh, intertribal coalition, uh, for their purposes, uh, basically to sort of expand the, the boundaries of the park, um, and prove that it's, it's, even though we all know it is, but, um, kind of give hard data to the fact that it is, uh, just such a valuable site and incredibly worth preserving from mining activity and things like that as well. That, that's really cool. Using your endurance powers for good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, it is. And that's what's super fun about it. It just it brings a whole nother sort of level of meaning to the, to the activity that we all enjoy to do. And so it's like, Hey, this is super fun. And I'm doing something awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, how many of those have you been on? You've been on a, at least a few, right? Uh, two with them. And then I've gone separately with the kids. I've taken them out there um, okay. and done a few as well. Uh, just on our own. So I've been out in that specific area uh, on the documenting side about five times now. Nice. Um, and then we did, we did one recently um, out in Yosemite uh, looking for a missing aircraft from the 1950s. Um, so I was actually supposed to go to that one right when ahead of this FKT. So they had a little conflict on the round two of it, but I went there last fall and we started that one. And then the fires hit and we got kind of kicked out of Yosemite. So we got to, we got to reboot that one here soon. Oh, that's, that's um, really cool, man. Just, just being able to, uh, to adventure as, as part of it. All right. Well, we, we, have been through the, the, the actual, the races and all. So let's, let's talk about the long trail FKT. Um, man, what, so, what, what, what was it about it? Tell, tell a little bit about the FKT, about the trail and then, uh, and w- what drew you to it? So it is a uh, route wise, uh, 273 miles. Uh, it goes from the Canadian border, uh, all the way to, down the spine of the green mountains, uh, to the Massachusetts border. So the vertical length of Vermont, uh, North to South and, or I traveled actually Southbound, South to North, 
Oh, sorry. No. Yes. Correct. Southbound from the Canadian border all the way down to Mass. Um, so it, and I think net gain across the whole thing is just shy of 70,000 feet. Um, so it's, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it is, it's kind of renowned as, you know, it's funny that he, everybody talks about all the West coast trails and you got these big, huge peaks and all that good stuff. But, um, East coast trails are notoriously pretty, pretty gnarly. Um, very, very technical. I would say this particular route is what I would regard as probably about 30% runnable. Wow. Um, so it's just, it's beat up. And I mean, the, the, it's, it's not just the, the rock and the root and all that stuff, but it's all the, the sort of ladder that nothing is flat. So you're constantly <laughs> having your footing is just forever adjusting. I mean, it is an ankle. It's, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> but also spectacularly beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, so you basically start, you start it and go, go southbound. Um, you're hitting some sort of 4,000, 5,000 feet foot peak, not five, but uh, 4,500, I think is the highest peak up there. Yeah. But your vertical gain is huge. So, you know, you Colorado, yeah, you might have a, you know, a 14,000 foot peak, but you're starting those at, you know, 11. Yeah. Um, there's one, one stretch on this where you're, you've got a 4,000 foot climb uh, over the course of about six miles. So it's, wow. uh, it's intense. I mean, you drop all the way. And that's the thing with this trail. It just goes up and down and up and down. You got, got these passes that you drop down to down into a river valley. And then it's like right back up again and then down and then up. And it's just forever. It's uh it's endless. But like I said, really beautiful. So in general, it sort of unwinds a little bit towards the Southern section. Um, I mean, you're still, it's not, not flat by any means. Um, but yeah, so it was, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's uh, on the fastest known time website. The, the, you know, they're now sort of the de facto uh, record keeper of all things FKT, which obviously has blown up yeah. uh, in the last 18 months with COVID and everything. Uh, and it's on, it's one of their premier routes. Uh, it's just sort of a highly contested route. So I was like, yeah, you know, like I said, I don't go into things too lightly. I'm like, well, let's do that one. <laughs> I've done a hundred miler. So let's find a really gnarly. Right. Yeah, let's, do, let's, do a, let's do basically 300 and uh, kind of a rough route. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. So, yeah, I don't know. It was just, and it's local. So it was, you know, relatively easy for me to get to. That's a, it's a four and a half hour drive up to the top. So yeah. Did you do I much trained on several sections? Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you. Did you do some, some recon and, uh, you know, check it yeah. out? Yeah. 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 And those were great. That, that was again, kind of combining the family into those. So I'd bring the boys would come up with me. They'd drop me off at one end of the trail. They'd go down to the other end, park the car and then hike in, meet me at a shelter or something. There's all these little shelters along the way yeah. um, that you can stay at overnight. They're all free and um, it's pretty cool. So I would kind of come in and do a long, long day and then meet, they'd come in like 10 miles the other way. We'd meet up and, they'd have dinner ready for me, all kinds of good stuff. And it was, it was super fun. Oh, that's cool, man. That, that's awesome. So uh, training for, I mean, this is okay. So you, 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 you knew what training was for hundred milers, but training for this is a whole new, whole new level. Uh, you're, you're multi-daying um, you're, you're, and we'll talk about logistics on the trail. You're sleeping, you know, you're sleeping, you're bringing, hauling what you need. Um, how, what was your training like for this, man? What did you do differently from your hundred milers? So I know you had, when you had Pon Hernandez on who did the, I'm going to say the, the, I always mess up the name of that trail. What is it? Wachita? Is that Wachita, right? Yeah. 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 Wachita. Okay. I said, I said <laughs> yeah. It's not spelled like that. <laughs> I know. I thought it was Wichita. Yeah. Wachita. <laughs> anyway. So, so I had turned, we, I, I met, uh, through a local Boston running trail running group, um, uh, referred me to a guy named, uh, Joe McConaughey. He goes by the trail name string bean. Um, yeah. and he, I, kind of talked to him for a bit and then he had uh in 2020 actually set the 
he was going for the unsupported record um, and in a moment of weakness took a sip of water from some hikers and ended up self-reporting it oh, uh, and had set the record. And, but he, he's uh, anyway, he's a incredible runner. He's got, he just did the Arizona trail recently, set that record. Uh, currently I think he has PCT and a, uh, I just have to fact check some of those, but yeah, anyway, yeah he's got a bunch. He's, phenomenal. He's, he's got a, he's got a bunch. I mean, so yeah. FKTs are his thing. Um, I honestly don't think there's a better, um, he actually kind of got forced into the coaching thing through a job change, um, moves and moved from Boston to Seattle. Um, and then I started working with him almost, almost a year ago, uh, maybe a little longer than I between injuries and whatnot, but, uh, his training plans are, it's really actually not that different than a hundred miler, but it's almost like a weird merger between marathon training and ultra training. Mm. So he, you know, we talked about the intensity workouts during the week. Um, and that's a huge crux of what he, what he does. So there were a lot of speed workouts, um, a lot of hill workouts and repeats and a lot of steady these dates um and he's just constantly the cool thing with his program I mean, he's just adjusting it as, you, as you're going you know seeing how your body's responding to certain things and then yeah tweaking and, and playing with it as as we go along so it, it's kind of odd because the mileage uh the weekly mileage i think i i don't think i peaked much over other than a couple trial uh efforts than i did uh hiking at least um i didn't go too much over 100 miles i think i had 120 mile a week maybe once okay uh, but that was about it Wow. That's that. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's kind of a blend of high and in, high intensity and, and big miles. Well, one of the things that, that I think, because a lot of people just, they just go out and run, you know, and do ultras and, but, but fitness, fitness is going to get you through a lot, just being more fit. And that's where you get your fitness through doing, you know, the, the, the intervals, the hill repeats, the steady state runs, and, you know, you maintaining that. And, and that helps a bunch with altitude, when you're flat lander trying to go, you know, <laughs> trying to go run some mountains and stuff like that, it's more fit you are, the better. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm, I always love it when I look on my Garmin uh, now and it's uh, it's like, your fitness age is 20. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I took a picture of mine. I, as I approach the 50, 50 year mark here, it's, uh, I'm like, Oh, I love you, Garmin. <laughs> yes, yes, you, got, you got to take what you can get, man. We, we, you know, this is a beautiful thing as we're may or may not there. say that, but at least you do. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, no, but it's, it's good. And, uh, so, so yeah, so him being, I mean, who he is and, and the experience I'm sure was able to not only get you in shape, but even help you with, uh, did, did, did he help you actually with some of the planning for it or, um absolutely yeah. yeah i mean that's the thing there's so much this is a whole new sort of whole new world for me um you know you're doing this it's completely unsupported so just to people aren't familiar with the classifications on mm-hmm. fkts it's uh, unsupported self-supported and supported obviously supported is with a full crew so they will meet you at road stops and um feed you massage you pop your blisters <laughs> do whatever you need to do um often people will be sleeping in a van that night um so they have it's pretty luxurious that's not easy by any means i don't mean to say that sorry fawn <laughs> i was um, gonna say fawn <laughs> I, I saw it firsthand because I, I i was her uh i helped her with her food on her thing so I know that's right you I were was, chef jeremy you got right. a shout out you got a shout out on that's the podcast right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the self-supported category you basically what you're allowed to you know place drop bags along the course so you don't have to carry your food on your back so you can kind of refuel that way the unsupported um sector obviously it's 100 percent on your back so you're filtering water on the go um, as you're moving along. 
you've got five, five, six days of food, uh, on your, on your back, a sleep system. Um, and that's my medical kit. And that's basically about it. And so yes, what, one pair of shoes. Not yeah. <laughs> so, so what <laughs> we'll made get you, to that. yeah, yeah. We need to get to that. Cause that's, that's an important part of it. What made you choose the, the, the unsupported, um, cause it's the, cause it's the toughest. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I thought maybe that was a, um, another reason, but no, <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, there's a few things. It was like, I, there is a, yes. And my, I kind of am a purist. So I'm like, you know what, why am I going to go and like, let's just go for it. Like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Like this is this, let's just see. Um, and I'm, I'm very comfortable with myself. Um, I'm not, I'm not scared in the woods. I'm not scared of the dark. It's like, yeah. it's so I, all that stuff wasn't even a, a factor or a concern. Um, and then I think it was, uh, the thing with it, when I was helping Fawn on her run, which was supported, um, her FKT, uh, there's so, there's a lot more logistics that come into having a crew. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're sort of, you become like sort of de facto caregiver for all these people as well. And making sure, you know, Oh, did you get your travel? And I don't know. You become, you, you, you have to babysit a little bit, you know, and then maybe they don't want you to, but you're going to anyway, because yeah. that's what we all do. We take care of our friends. So we want yeah. them happy. So, um, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, the other factor there is the whole weather game. Um, when you're doing it unsupported, you can kind of bounce around a little bit. Um, yeah. you can watch a weather window for two weeks and just say, Hey, I'm going to jump on, which is what I ended up doing, but mm. you can jump on a few days early. You can move it a few days late. If yeah. you've got a crew flying in from all over the country or driving up there, um, people are taking time off of work. It's, uh, that flexibility isn't there. So you're, you're starting on it, starting on a certain day, maybe you have a one day buffer, but that's about it. Yeah. I, and that's, and that's honestly one of the reasons why a lot of the races I've run, I've done with no crew, no pacer, just because right. my mind is yeah. clearer going it's, in. It's totally. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. There are no, benefits. It's, it's all, but uh, yeah, for sure. But, but it's all about, it's all about you. And it's like, you know, if, if something, if you did something wrong, if you forgot something, I can't blame anybody, but myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or if I become mean or something, it's just, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just right. gotta be mad at totally. myself. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So it, it wasn't even a choice. I, it was, I, when I decided to do NFKT, I was like, yeah, it's gotta be unsupported. And I, I probably would never do a supported, to be honest. I just, I, I just wouldn't agree with me. Yeah. What about, uh, what about, uh, self-supported because that, that was still a viable option. Maybe. Um, I, I don't know. It's just yeah. same thing. Oh, the, I, I will be honest too on this course. Uh, so the, when Joe blew up the self-supported record, it went from basically six days to five days. I mean, he cut 24 hours oh. off of it, which is yeah. gargantuan. Yeah. It's out of my league. Um, he's, you. he's a young, a young whippersnapper. So <laughs> yeah. Young and, experienced. And an yeah. Well, and an incredible athlete. I mean, he's yeah. truly a natural born athlete. He's phenomenal. So, you know, that door was pretty closed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, um, so, okay. Planning, at, um, logistics, actually not as difficult, but you've got to carry your food. You've got, and I noticed when you were posting videos, uh, that's when I kind of started realizing, wait, I, you know, like I told you, um, I didn't realize you were doing it unsupported. Um, so you had the bottle here with the little filter thing sticking out cause you were, you were having to filter water. Um, what did you, so what did you carry with you? Uh, you had your sleep station, what, like food wise, what, yeah. what kind of food did you have? What did you bring? Well, I'll just go with quick, quick gear list top to bottom. Yeah. So, uh, Palente is a very small company out of Utah that makes, um, basically backpacks that are specialized for fkts okay um 
so they're they're incredible it's just it's a very tight system it's flexible um it's got stash pockets in nice sort of very strategic locations that you can easily reach around and grab and then the key thing is kind of these two front um water bottle things that you basically just take a Dasani bottle or a smart water bottle or whatever and use a Sawyer filter um that screws on top of that and you just you've got they're both full of water, but you just swap them from one to the other as you hit streams. Um, and then just kind of religiously like keeping that water full the whole time. Yeah. So that's your, that's basically your water system right there. That's okay. the only thing that happens with, with filtration. It's as it's filtering, it's, it's slowly starts to clog. Um, not aggressively, but you by day five, you've got a more of a dribble of water coming out than a stream. Um, yeah. And that gets, so frustrating i mean there's these times when you just walk i just want to guzzle some water <laughs> so I, I actually did on day four and five um there were some pretty high alpine uh springs up there and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna go but <laughs> so, like i'm close enough to the end if i get if i get real sick i get real sick because it just the, the, i mean i couldn't take it anymore i was like i needed just a big huge sip of water and not this like <laughs> get this little squeeze and just pull on this thing it was awful it's hard um, to explain to people who haven't okay. experienced like deep thirst in the heat i remember at tahoe squeezing oh, into a filter and it's cold yeah. water just trying to just just you know and, yeah. and i look over oh, and there's a dad and his so son fishing, watching me like a crazy person <laughs> <laughs> So there's, so there's, that's basically your, your water system, um, food, the calories went from, um, you know, the estimate is that you'd be burning, you're only sleeping. So your active time on feed is roughly 18 to 19 hours of the day. Wow. Um, so you're burning around 10,000 calories. Um, you obviously can't carry 10,000. Uh, yeah. so our plan was basically to go from around 4,500 the first day. Cause you're going in with a, you know, you can pack to have a huge ass breakfast that morning, yeah. um, bring it down, bring it up to around 5,000, uh, the next day. And then for day three, four, five, uh, operating at 6,000 calories. Um, okay. so those ended up being bags that were roughly two and a half pounds a piece. Um, mm. so that weight is a big factor. Um, uh, and then uh, we can get into the details of the food system, but sleep system is a, a just a bivy. Um, okay. super lightweight bivy made out of Dyneema, which is a really cool lightweight fabric. Um, it packs down into, I mean, a little cube that's like three by five and weighs, uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's like ounces. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Just phenomenal little system. And then a small little, uh, um, quilt. And then I did have a tarp as well, uh, just in case the weather got bad. And wow. that's, uh, that's essentially it. So and then I met a small little medical kit, um, just bare essentials and, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of aquifer for uh, chafing and all that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was my best friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, what was it? What was in your food bags? Uh, what, what what did you fuel with? So Joe typically he doesn't do any. Um, he's heavy into uh, I guess more than the bars and things like that. Um, a lot of sugars. Um, arguably, okay. I might actually kind of go. I always was like, eh, I'm not a big sugar guy. I just get, kind of just disagrees with me after a while. I get sick of it. Yeah. Um, so I had every day I had, uh, something called possible bars, um, okay. which there's a company that works with Colin O'Brady who, uh, he used them on a trans, uh, Arctic expedition. Those were pretty good. They just have a lot of trace minerals in them, um, yeah. which you're losing. So I found they balance those out, uh, pretty nicely. They're heavy though. That would be the only thing. So this is a weird thing. You go to the grocery store to REI or whatever. I'm looking at 
every single package. I just, I had a calculator out, like you're doing this ounce to calorie calculation and I'm, I'm looking for the highest calorie yeah. possible thing I can. I mean, it was, I'm, it's nuts. I mean, you're like, yes, this is really, really high. Like, and you get to this, the ratio points that are above like, you know, six calories per ounce or whatever it is and the other way around probably. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So, I, and then I did cold soak routines too. So I would bring, um, basically an open, I had a small little peanut butter jar. Okay. It was, that was empty. Uh, in the morning I would wake up out of bed. I'd drop in a packet of oatmeal in there, a bunch of chia seed mix, like milk powder, uh, peanut butter packet, um, add some water to that. And that was just sort of a slurry that I'd let sit, um, in the backpack. I'd eat that at noon. Um, okay. at noon I would dump in, um, this company called peak two that makes really high, high, high calorie, uh, dehydrated meals. Okay. So I'd, I'd drop in half of one of those and eat that one at six and then do kind of dinner number two, um, at 12 o'clock. So it was just sort of this regimen of, you know, eat one, drop in another one, let it soak for five hours and it's kind of ready. Um, cause you're not bringing any camp stoves or anything like there's yeah. no heat. Yeah. Um, obviously everything's cold. Oh. So those were nice cause they, they would sort of simulate a meal. Um, even though you're not really having the time to, you know, sit down at a, and camp out and relax and look at the moon or anything like that. You just like bow down, <laughs> just, but still it was the taste. I was, I was like, I was like, Oh, I'm eating pasta. This is so good. Like it just, it was a nice break from eating, you know, pro meal bars and peanuts yeah. and dehydrated uh, bananas. Those were a big one that I chugged on all the time too. Did you, um, um, you, uh, on your, when you, um, when you went and tested, I mean, you tested all these foods out and kind of when you, when you went uh, out on the trail with your, with your sons and stuff like that, you were able to yes, kind of yeah. make sure they worked with it. Yeah. Yeah. The cold brew, the cold soak thing, rather uh, a little bit late. Um, I didn't do a ton of research on that. I had tried some other self ones that I made on my own that I kind of got sick of during training. So yeah, yeah. kind of quick through these ones into the end and I don't know, they worked pretty well. The only problem is that that little peanut butter jar container. It, I don't know what was growing in there by day six, but I don't have, I don't have soap. And like, you know, it's yeah. not like you're cleaning this thing. So it went from like, it went from oatmeal to, you know, marinara to pesto and then to like tea by the morning. So it was like, there's this sort of cross contamination that is just happening progressively. And then I found scratch actually was an incredible cleaner. Um, so scratch the hydration mix. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd throw scratch in like after having one of those and like shake that thing up and like, but so it was like marinara flavored pineapple scratch. Like <laughs> and you get a little bit of penicillin mixed in. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. Who knows? Um, it's, I'm, luckily I have a pretty, pretty gnarly tough stomach. So yeah, uh, it was good. Our, our yeah, bodies it was, are amazing. pretty rank. Yeah. Yeah. Our <laughs> bodies. They? It's yeah. so true. Yeah. <laughs> But, but I also didn't want to waste any of it. I'm like, you know, even that, like those yeah. that little slurry of fat that's like clinging on the side of the jar. I was like, that's food. I need, I need those calories. That's important. That's <laughs> hilarious, man. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, it's important though. Cause I mean, you're out there, you're out there by yourself. You're out there self-supported. Yeah. So you have to, you have to get those calories in. And you know, like if your stomach goes South with something, I mean, you're, it's <laughs> you're all up to you to troubleshoot and figure yeah. out what you can do and, and, and all that. Well, I think that's the thing, David, with these things though i mean it's like the fkts are and especially something that's this long um and there's obviously much longer ones but this kind of reaches the the boundary of what you can do on a on a self-supported um yeah but there are you know unlike a, a ultras that we run there's just so many factors that can go wrong and it's yeah. just there's a stomach issue there's weather there's, yeah. there's so many things out of your control and you know and that's what's 
so it's tough going into them because you know you go into an, an ultra race and you're like it's it's all about how comfortable you are with the, the training you've done it's yeah. a, you know and I'll, I'll i'll get through it i have probably an 80 percent success rate let's say yeah. with this thing i was like i feel like i got like a 40 percent opportunity <laughs> yeah. to make this happen so yeah um, turns out i might i was kind of right but <laughs> <laughs> oh but, but you, you got you got far so let's talk about things going things going wrong so i remember so you you started you know you were able to post from the from the trail and uh you had was it the first day you kicked a rock and had a blowout on your shoe yeah yeah so i uh was in the uh, are we allowed to talk, mention brands on here? Or is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, oh, cool. I mean, okay. yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, it's a yeah. pair of uh, Topo Ultra Venture Pros. So I've run in the, um, in the Ultra Ventures a fair amount. Um, as you and I know, I'm, I'm a big Ultra fan as well. Um, yeah. who I know you rep. Um, I, I just say, needed you something the wrong really. Shoes, man. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but you needed, I needed something, you know, this is a weird, weird terrain again. So you need yeah, something yeah. that's almost like a hiker, a yeah. kind, kind of a hybrid between a hiker and a runner. Um, so vibrant soles on the bottoms of these things. Cause you know, you need that grip. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be real, real tough. Um, the problem on the ultra venture pros, I would say, and it's a brand new shoe that just came out, uh, eight months ago. Uh, this is my second pair. So I'm familiar with them. They I tend to find them really comfortable and, mm-hmm. and awesome. The only problem is the upper, um, doesn't have a lot of protection on the top. So, yeah. um, it's a, you know, an ultrasonic welded fabric under the front of the shoe. Um, but I was, it, it just happens on this trail, but you know, you drag in your foot on the, as you kind of goes behind you and you're bringing it forward and it often it'll snag on, you know, kind of on the lip of the shoe. Yeah. Um, and I nailed a branch or a, a root rather a sharp, sharp root really hard. And it just, it, the first time I think I did it three times and at first, first one, it kind of like just grabbed it a little bit. And the third time I looked down and I'm like, I just tore the shoe. And this is uh this is on day day one about halfway through the day. Um so I'm yeah, I'm just looking, I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> uh what, we, what we got a long way to go here. Uh and you know, obviously didn't wanna didn't wanna pull the race for that. I'm like, I'm just gonna have to go through. So I took a quick minute, had some medical tape, uh like a surgical tape in my uh in my kit and was able to put that over the kind of grab the fabric and the front sort of rubber portion of the shoe. Um, and that held actually pretty well for the first day and a half. Um, then we got into some rain, uh, and that tape last the, uh, sort of adhesive backing on it. Just, uh, it was pretty old tape actually too, to be honest. So it, yeah. uh, it kind of pulled off and separated. So I ended up having to the next day, um, in the morning I ended up had some paracord, um, that I used for guy lines on the, on the, the, uh, tarp. Um, and I cut some of those up and ended up using the little, little grommet on the front. That's actually to, to trap a gator, uh, in, um, use that as sort of an anchor point at the front. And I cut three holes at the front of the shoe and then sort of looped that through and sort of, you know, like a sewed it basically. Um, that's so pretty ingenious. Just, I saw it. I was to like, hold what? the shoe together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and it, and it kind of worked. And then a day, I don't think it was day the next day it started to tear on the side. And that was when I was like, okay, that can't happen. Like it was okay. Holding together on the front of the shoe. Yeah. Um, wasn't catastrophic. It didn't seem to catch much worse than it had been. But when this tear started to happen through the rubber on the side, I was like, Oh, so I had to add a fourth kind of stitch. Um, so I poked two holes through that one, tied that up, um, just to, because if that fell off, um, I mean, my toes would be hanging out literally. Uh, So it would have been kind of a game game changer there. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was the first day. Uh, so you know, the, the problem is all, is all the debris. So, I mean, you constantly, and I don't have time to be taking my shoes off every 30 seconds to yeah. drain them. So I just got kind of used to it, but there was, you know, 
just, and you, you know how it is. I mean, one little grain of sand can start a blister real, real fast. So yeah. um, it, it wasn't a great way to great way to be, but it worked. Well, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you kind of a problem solving. I mean, that's part of with ultra running and then especially stuff like this, you got, I mean, you, it, nothing's ever going to go perfectly and you got to problem solve. And no. that's why yeah. when you were posted the, you know, I saw the picture of the, the tape. I was like, all right, all right. And then I saw the, the sewing and every, I was like, all right, you know, um, the, the, but that, how did, how did that play in your mind? Cause I mean, you're so early in, you've got so many miles and you're dealing with stuff getting into your shoe. Did, did, were you able to kind of, compartmentalize that and keep moving and, and not let it kind of weigh on your brain too much or how, yeah there was a little bit of when it first happened it was just a you know a little bit kind of a oh like okay <laughs> uh and definitely some nerves i mean from that like, yeah. i'm not gonna lie it was but then i kind of use it as this fun little thought i'm like okay i've got all this time let's just think about how we're gonna fix this thing as it i know i know it's gonna get worse it's not gonna okay i've got 240 miles left it's yeah. not gonna get any better um, so I kind of used that as this little tool to sort of like, you know, brainstorm different solutions and, uh, and that's what's wor what worked. And, um, but I don't know, I was managed for the most of this. I think these efforts are so focused on the effort. Mm. Um, I was pretty good about keeping all this stuff out. Like, I was just like, I, I am not, I cannot react. Um, it's, if I start reacting, it's all going to go bad. It doesn't, it's, you're going to let it be, be in control instead of you in control. Yeah. So that was sort of a, from the beginning, um, just a an absolute requirement uh mentally yeah. to just I, I also tried to not think a ton about other things outside of what i was doing um just to keep emotions neutral mm -hmm. um and that it, it was a good a good and i don't know in a weird way fairly easy i don't know why um, yeah. again this is a new turf for me so i don't have a ton of experience with it but i was able to i don't know just kind of kind of stay focused on the effort um and and keep my brain there yeah. Were you, um, how, how was sleep? I know, I, I think you shared that you slept pretty, pretty good the first night or a pretty good amount of time. The first well, night. I, we, we had some personal stuff going at home the week before. Um, so my problem I think was, and this is what I think eventually played into what we'll get into later, but, but was a slow sort of, I, I started with in a pretty sleep deprived state in general, I would say. Okay. Um, so day uh, night before I think I slept all of four hours, I was pretty nerved up just before yeah. the event. Um, and then we, we headed up to the trail. You have to hike up actually three miles to the start to even get to the darn thing. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So I started with, started with, you know, on a, I guess sleep a little bit sleep with a deficit going into the event. Um, and then the strategy was six day, six hours on the first day, which is, which is big. That's a lot of you that's way more than I think most people would normally take. But if I, that was huge, I slept really, really well that night. Um, it was best sleep I'd had in days. So that was, that was amazing. Yeah. And then it basically just erodes from there. So the plan was the next night, four hours, the day after that, three, two, zero. Um, and, but the, you know, the thing with the sleep thing that I hadn't realized was there's a, some factors that play in there is, I mean, that has to be the most, that has to be so high quality. So it's like, this is, absolutely the most important part of your day in my opinion yeah um it's your recovery period um so you try and eat a whole bunch right before it gives you your body those the, the little this limited amount of time to sort of stitch and repair um its muscles and kind of get things you know back to a, some sort of state of normalcy yeah um but but then throw in all these other factors that are going to interrupt that rain um that was one issue one on you know the third night i there was no rain predicted i set up a nice little camp um and I'm woken up like an hour into the darn thing with rain falling on my head and like, 
now I've just been woken up. Um, yeah. you, know, you need those little, those little REM cycles, um, yeah. to basically reboot the brain as well. Um, so that was, it was, that's kind of, I just was plagued by some bad nights. So like the night after that, I had a, just picked a bad location to camp. It ended up being right by, a, I didn't realize it was this fairly major, um, thoroughfare for trucking. Um, so there were like 18 wheelers going by all night and, yeah. uh, it was terrible, uh, awful, awful. And that's kind of when it started falling apart a little bit. Did you, uh, would you, were you mostly, um, I know you said there, there are these little, um, I guess, uh, sleep or stations or huts or what did you, did you, can't, yeah, they have these huts, but they're, you, you could, um, they're filled with people though, typically. Um, so I I didn't want, you know, you're coming in at like one 30 in the morning and you're going to set an alarm for three hours later. You're probably not going to make a ton of friends in there. Um, (laughs) yeah. uh, And those, those huts are also notorious for having huge mouse problems. Um, Uh so there'll be, you know, there's mice crawling all over the place and they, people, you know, if someone, snoring next to you you're, you're the same thing so you actually try to just sit, you know, looking for a site first of all that has water um something okay. you can maybe you know at least have sort of a, a river bath in real quick um before bed brush your teeth and all that stuff and then have water just to keep filtering through the night so you're not having to think ahead and hike water in with you yeah um and then just a, a semi-flat uh piece of land to sleep in which is actually harder to find than you would imagine (laughs) (laughs) sounds sounds like it out there (laughs) it it was oh so um you know we talked a little bit about i mean uh, day by day you're you're getting less sleep and and you're that's a that's a long time to spend alone (laughs) uh in your head focused so uh, and, and, and I, I, I really appreciated, I, enjoy, I enjoyed watching your, your updates and seeing how you were doing. You can, you can tell on your face <laughs> that you were getting progressively more fatigued, you know, just, um, I guess, I guess physically, but also maybe a little bit mentally, um, you know, you can yeah, tell, yeah, but, but you sure. were still, you know, you're still moving and, and, um, and, and doing the, the thing, but maybe, maybe describe the progression mentally and, and physically and how, um, I don't know, just where you got on that last, uh, that last push. So, yeah, the, it was funny. The, we'll talk about the physical real quick. Cause that was actually amazing to me was how the body was never an issue. Um, That's awesome. I was astounded in the morning being able to wake up and I'm like, I feel totally fresh. Like you'd start moving again. I'm like, my legs aren't even sore. Like my training awesome. runs, I had more, had more, more pain than this. Like I wake up out of, and I don't know if it's just cause you're your brain isn't reacting to it. It's, it knows you can't, um, yeah. that you, it knows you have to do another day. So it's like, Hey, you, I'm not going to let you, let you feel this. Yeah. This is, life. <laughs> um, but that was, that was amazing. Like that was really, really, I'm like, wow, this is what the body's capable of. It can, it can do this stitch and repair, as I said earlier, like in four hours or less. Yeah. Um, and you'd get down, you know, and you'd, you know, go to the river to and take a nice, you know, all the, you're doing all these active motions too. So you're kind of getting a stretch out in the morning as well when you wake up. Yeah. You have to stoop down to get water, you know, river out of the water. You got to use the bathroom and all these things. And it's like, you end up squatting and all kinds of you know, <laughs> stretching all this stuff out. And like, by the time you get moving, it's like, she didn't feel that bad. So the, the body was actually phenomenal. Pack weight was an issue. I would say that kind of plagued me a little bit in the first two days. Yeah. But the mental game. Yeah. So this is where it, you know, it was fascinating. And probably I, I think my biggest takeaway from the whole thing. And I guess the biggest gift of the whole thing um, was this whole, uh, sort of mental experiment, I'll call it, um, that went on. Um, because you're, it's just, it's fascinating what the brain can do, um, and how you end up actually stepping away from it, uh, as a third person. 
So you can, I, and I remember it was probably the morning of day three or four. I was trying to repack, pack my bag in the morning, you know, after setting dip, breaking down camp. And it was just not happening logically. Um, I was putting stuff in that I knew I needed to have on the outside. And I, you, I was looking at my, they're just analyzing myself. I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this wrong? You know, this is wrong. So it, it was really interesting. You're sort of criticizing yourself, like from, from like 20 feet above um, and just, and watching it happen. And the frustration at that was just, I, I can't even explain. It was just like, and, and so I'd repack it and then I'd do it again. And then I'd put it on my back and realize I put the tent stakes, like are right, right on my back and they're rubbing. I'm like, you know, not to do that. So you go in and you've got to, now I realize I got to take it all apart again. And this whole, like, it was crazy. So, the, you know, these are the little things you started to notice um, as this, again, I'll just refer to it as a third person. I don't know what, you know, what exactly yeah. is going on. I'm not a brain uh, authority, but um, I actually want to do a lot of research on it because it was absolutely fascinating. But, um, and then similarly, as you're, you're just aware that this fatigue is setting in and that you're getting a little loopy um, mm -hmm. the way you react. And then, but the funny thing was you go by, like, I'd be in a mad state, like, a bird or something would just make me like go back and like, ah! like make you kind of crazy for a second and you react all negatively to it and start cussing and things like that. But then you see some hikers coming by like the other direction, you know, like, Oh, Oh, hi, hi. Yeah. Like <laughs> totally normal. Like as if nothing's going on, like you're putting on this great show, like, oh, look at me, like I'm awesome. <laughs> um, so it was, it, so that whole part of it was just, it was, it was really amazing. Um, and the only problem it was funny. It was, so I, you, people saw all these posts that were going on. I have to confess that was all my daughter. So I would do, I simply would do a video that I would record. I'd send that to her. These are my only communications because obviously battery life is the whole thing you're also trying to preserve through this yeah. whole thing. So I do one call with my wife every day. And those kind of, those check-in calls is, uh, it's funny because you would think they would be the biggest treat. They started to get more and more sort of, they were this sort of outside source of potential um, sort of emotion and stuff that you just yeah. like, I didn't even want to, I didn't even want to touch. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I just don't have time. Like, <laughs> and we had a whole charity. We were raising a bunch of money for a, a foundation as well through this thing that we can talk about at the end. But um, you know, that was pretty cool. There was little ambassador stories from, uh, you know, a lot of children that are challenged and different, uh, you know, limb differences and things like that along the way. Um, and those messages were incredible, but it was, uh, you know, you just really, it was all about staying in that moment. Yeah. But it was really, it was by day. I mean, day four, I would say after that bad sleep by the highway is when things started to erode pretty bad and then coincided with um, some weather that came through. So night of, would have been the night of day four. Um, I knew there was this big storm coming. It had gone from two beautiful, beautiful New England days that were, you know, bone dry and in the seventies, uh, just, you know, couldn't be a perfect, best running weather in the planet. Um, and then it got extremely hot. So we had a day that it was well into the nineties, uh, yeah. super, super humid. It was, uh, felt like, uh, felt like Louisiana again. <laughs> um, and you're under this tree growth. So it's just very jungly. It, the heat just kind of gets trapped down in there um, when yeah. you're not on the high peaks. Um, so this massive storm was going to blow through. I knew I only had two hours of sleep that night. It hit around 10 30. I had all of five seconds to grab my tarp, through just threw it over my head i jumped in under a little hemlock tree and just curled up in a little ball and i'm like and set my you know you get your phone out set my alarm on um for two hours just praying i hit p.m not a.m <laughs> you know little <laughs> things like that yeah um 
and I'm sitting under there and I kept on waking up because I was like, it was actually suffocating under there. Like I had this thing wrapped around me so tight. It was raining so hard. Um, I was like, I can't breathe. So I'd be like, kind of wake up and be like, <gasps> and then like oh, open the door a little bit <laughs> and get a breath of air and close it. And it, I mean, it was a torrential rain. Um, I heard two trees come down right nearby. There was lightning everywhere. It was, so again, you know, this is this, the sleep erosion thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 1230, it blows through. I wake up and I start and I didn't stop until, you know, this was the beginning of basically a 20, 20, 24, 25 hour hike towards the end. Um, it was the final stretch. I was still on pace to beat the time. Um, but this is where, you know, mental calculations started getting really, really poor as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you're running through this math thing all the time through in your head about uh, how many hours of your pace, you know, got to, got to do this, got to get here. I had these little sort of marked checkpoints on my map that I had to get to for my, my ABC plan. Um, I progressively through that day, things, I lost my, my glasses. Uh, so then I couldn't see my pace charts anymore. Oh, wow. Uh, I then proceeded to, I lost my map. Um, so that was gone. Um, and the trail is blazed. So you don't, but it was, the map was critical for knowing where I needed to, to you know, to, to be, to stay on target. Um, yeah. and now my phone is just, is dying. It's somewhere around, you know, lingering around 10% or so. Um, so I'm just losing all these outside tools yeah. that are kind of essential. So I work my, myself through that day, pretty convinced that I'm doing all right. Um, and then night hits, um, this rainstorm too, that it just never let up. It was supposed to be a you know a classic storm that we have up here where they just blast through and it's, you know, sunny in five hours. Um, didn't, didn't happen. That rain just sat. So the trail just gets, it's renowned as they, people call it Vermont, Vermud. Um, oh, it's, uh, man. it's just thick, thick glue, glue mud. It's awful. Um, kind of like we had down South when we were all there. Uh, so the rain never let up. My feet were just started to get waterlogged. There wasn't time. To, it was pointless to take, take off shoes and change socks or anything like that. And that's when the swelling began as well. And they just ballooned. Um, and then, uh, I would say it was kind of that afternoon when I'd had some sort of mild hallucinations before, uh, just sort of seeing odd things here and there off the side of the trail. You'd think you'd see a person or a bear or a stump looks like something or, yeah, yeah. um, but, but things started to move as well. Um, if I wasn't looking <laughs> down at the trail, I'd look up and everything's sort of like, you know, kind of moving and flickering a little bit. And then the hallucinations just became normal. It was constant. Um, I was seeing stuff, you know, just reg just regularly on the side of the trail. Um, wow. and then, but not reacting to it. Like it was, it just became, it became completely normal. Um, so this is just, <laughs> yeah. you know, again, I keep on talking about this whole, you know, this whole time I'm aware this is, this, this is happening. And I'm starting to wonder to myself, I'm like, at what point, what point is this going to like, what is the shutoff point? Like, when does it go? When does the, does the brain switch? The, you know, does it flick the little switch and, uh, and just cause you to collapse. And so, yeah. So it got a little, I'd say probably in hindsight, got a little scary. Um, and it went ahead, went one step deeper that night. Um, it was the fog would got really thick to, uh, got a headlamp, you know, obviously on your head. Um, if anybody's hiked in, uh, in, in nighttime fog, it's not great with a headlamp. It basically causes a cloud right yeah. in front of your face. Um, you just see droplets. So I'm struggling to see the trail. It's nighttime. It's a, terrible piece of trail that's very hard to navigate um historically it's kind of known as this um it's got a kind of bad section looking for blazes on white tree on trees um, where there's lichen in the dark and the lichen off often looks like a blaze and like it was so I, you know instead of panicking though um my body entered into this and i don't don't know what the correct term is maybe somebody listening does and can let us know but um 
it, uh, I would call it a flow state, I guess, of some kind. But all I did was I just, I just looked at my feet and just focused on moving forward. And it was yeah. all the attention was to that. It didn't become about pa- panicking about time or anything like that. And it was this, it was this weird, incredibly peaceful uh, state that I've never ever experienced before. It was just crazy. Um, I felt like I was uh, like a monk or something. Um, and I would do this weird, this weird thing where it would, uh, as any thought would just sort of, cause it felt so good. I was yeah. like, you're moving forward and it's just peaceful. And it was all about just being real gentle with the feet, careful about your foot placement. Um, I knew my pace was, was dropping, you know, precipitously at this rate, but I was like, you're moving forward. This is how yeah. you're going to get to the end. Um, and finish. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of how we progress. And anytime any thought would sort of bubble up, I did this little thing with my finger in front of me and go, no, 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 no. And it would just <laughs> sort of disappear. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it was, it was just very, it was, it was the strangest thing and you could control it. So that's the odd thing again, it's like these, all these different levels, you know, you know, you're at it, just, you, you're not functioning anymore, but you can still exercise control. Um, so some sort of mind control of this whole action. Um, and then honestly, it wasn't until I think 10 30 that night, um, at the top of this ridge. And it was, it was now dropping down, you know, we'd had 90 to 90 degrees. It's now going down to 40. Um, <laughs> it's getting real, real cold. Yeah. It's wet. It's foggy. Um, and I started, I ran the calculations in my fried out brain, um, again. And I suddenly realized I'm like, you're getting, you don't have that six hours. I thought I had six hours the whole time of buffer. Yeah. Um, and I realized it was eroding pretty fast. Um, and then, and then I just started to realize I was waddling off the trail a little bit and all kinds of crazy stuff. And my feet were just, I mean, it was, there was nowhere to land anymore. It was, they were just painful from front to back and beyond, you know, excruciating. It was nuts, not unlike anything I've ever felt. So I snapped out of it for one second. Um, and I realized I'm like, you're not going to be able to finish this thing. And it was just the, the calm though, that came over. It was the most, the biggest relief I've ever felt in my life. Instead of this, like, panic and sort of depression and you know being upset or crying or anything like that it was just like amazing like wow like look what you've done like yeah. um this huge satisfaction of where i was and um so i with like literally three percent and luckily a cell piece of cell service i was able to call my wife who would come up uh, with the family to meet me ultimately at the finish at 2 a.m um and told them i said i, I got a pull um then i dropped down this little super steep ravine and met them down at the bottom with the uh, I looked down there, there was no self-service and I had 1% on my phone. Um, so it was, uh, 14.6 wow. miles left on the trail to the finish. Wow. Well, that's, um, I don't know. You, you think, man, you traveled that far and then you got that close, but, yeah, but, but, but the straw that breaks the camel, you know, where, you know, and, and if, if it wouldn't have been then, you know, who knows what kind of, you know, your phone would well, be dead. That's the thing I realized. I was like, if I put myself in you and you just, you know, I, I do have them to be worried about. There's yes. other people that rely on me that, that love me. And, you know, I'm not, I don't do these things to, to die. We, we yeah. do it for fun. Uh, and I, 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 one could argue maybe I went past a boundary that I shouldn't have or I was flirting with a line that was, I, I think, pretty, pretty close to to the edge of danger. But uh, unfortunately, it was with it enough to to realize that that was the, the correct call to make. And it, it definitely was. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, blow, it blows me away. I mean, 14 miles, dude, out of 273. It's just crazy. 
But, but look at how far you pushed yourself. Look at how far you got, right. look at what you, like you said, look at what you, what you accomplished. And, and uh, I think it's awesome that you can be, you know, be at, at peace with that. You know, you've. Well, and then, yeah, that's, that's the biggest surprise coming out of this. And it's, it's now been, I, I stepped off the trail. This was on, let's see, today's Friday. This was on Tuesday, uh, what, Tuesday night. So um, it's been, it's been two days now, or three days. This is the third day. Um, I've been sort of waiting for that to, to, because uh, I, when I've missed my BQs and all that stuff, like running, doing, trying to do a marathon qualifier for Boston, I'm like, I'm really hard on myself. Yeah, it, it eats away. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm fine, and but I'm not. I'm not fine at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that chews, it chews away at me for like three, four days, and I, you know, it's it's like your, you know, your football team just lost the Super Bowl or something. It's, uh, it's 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 rough. But coming out of this, I just have this. It's bizarre. It's it's been really interesting, um, and just I have this incredible gratitude for the experience itself. Um, as as kind of hokey as that sounds, uh, I, I've always thought that was a cheesy term, but yeah, yeah, um, it, it, it I truly feel that way. I just like you know, I know I pushed myself to the absolute max and couldn't have done any better, and it was just an incredible experience. And this, I think this whole sort of this whole mind game thing that happened was I went into another place that I've never been, um, and just feel. I feel really grateful for it. Oh, well, and, 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 and I think, uh, do you think that it, it's because of, I mean, you went into this knowing it's, it's, it's a stretch. I mean, it's, you know, that you would be pushing yourself to the limits and that this for was, sure. you know, it was a huge possibility that, that you yeah. wouldn't make it, you know? Um, yeah, but we know a lot of, we all talked, a lot of us talked about that before. Cause you know, people were concerned about that. Like, how is he going to deal with it? Because they all know I don't deal with failure. Well, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So there was a, you know, I think my wife was really probably petrified because um, she knows the funks I'll get into afterwards. But it's been, <laughs> yeah. it, it's been instead, it's been this like this huge relief and this sort of like happiness, and it's very, very odd. Um, so we'll see. I'm hoping it, I'm hoping it does indeed last. Um, I don't know as sort of time evolves if that'll change, but it's, uh, it's been amazing. Well, uh, I was pleased to see when, when I did see that, that your wife posted, um, you know, that, that you had to pull it and all, and you know, that as you, as your friend and knowing, you know, what you were going for, I was like, Oh man, you know what, you know, and, and, but, but, Keep going. but yeah, yeah, no, uh, you know, but I was, you Get know, yeah, yeah. Back out there right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Don't feed him anything yet. Don't support him. Just, no, exactly. Yeah. No, no, but, but, uh, but, you know, I think her, I, I can't remember the exact wording, but she said he is strangely at, at peace with it. And then I saw the pictures of you eating and smiling and and i was like you know i I, you know knowing you and like i was like okay well it had to it had to have been time you know um you know it had that was it that was the time that had to be it and and you have i mean you really have you should be proud of what you accomplished. I mean, there's no, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking through the logistics of, you know, when we run a race and you got aid stations, you got people cheering you on and all that stuff. And you're out there just, yeah, just you. Crying um, away. <laughs> yeah. So much. And then, and then to have to experience what you experienced out there, you know, I think that's part of what, that's part of why we do what we do. There's a, there's a chance for failure. It's huge, but also the experience, the journey. And like you said, yeah. sometimes people say that, Oh, it's kind of might sound cheesy or whatever, but, that's part of it, you know, just, it is, it is. But I think it's important for all of us to understand though. It's like, I mean, to really be more cognizant of that. And then also I think what, you know, what, what, what we call these, we we're all hard on ourselves. I mean, we call yeah. these DNF. Nobody wants a DNF. It's a, 
it's like this big like black mark it's like <laughs> on the and, and the site currently it, on the ex- exactly <laughs> Shh, quiet <laughs> but at least it at least it won't be on, it won't be on uh ultra sign up or any of those yeah so. that's true that's, that's, that's right <laughs> we'll, we'll keep this fkt thing kind of quiet on the okay, all right, okay. <laughs> i won't say <laughs> my record is my record still you know, my record's still clean on there, so it's okay. okay. <laughs> no, but uh, no, but I think you know, in dealing with failure and stuff, or I mean, if you want to call it a failure, it's a, yes, it's a failure for meeting the record time. But it's, uh, I think it's, you know, we we don't in this world, in ultra world especially, I think spend a ton of time dealing with with that. You know, we celebrate the wins, and as we should. I, I'm I'm not saying we shouldn't, but yeah, um, I think it's also just it's good for people to be aware it doesn't always work out. Like it's it's just just yeah. the way it goes. Well, and that's, you know, when, when I, uh, when I crashed and burned at Moab and I, I, I felt that's why it was really important for me to do a, a, a whole episode on it. And, and yeah. because, because I learned, I was disappointed. I mean, I, I didn't have peace, you know, right away. Uh, <laughs> it, I, I was pretty disappointed. And I, and I think I know because, um, and, and there are different reasons, you know, I, I, I don't think you can you point to any one mistake or anything like that, you know, that for yours and and mine. I think I I pointed to you know I had some some, some decisions I made that were off, and so I, I kind of beat myself up a little bit about it at first. But then it it turned into a fire, you know, and like I yeah. am I'm gonna finish Moab, you know, I'm gonna get that yeah. sucker done. I'm gonna go back and right. and get it done and and, do it. and not, learn from my mistakes and learn from you know from that that first shot. Yeah. And uh, so with that being said, do you? Do you feel like you, you ever, uh, you feel like you attempt it again? hundred percent. Okay. All right. <laughs> I love um, it. The only thing that'll change, the only thing that'll change that a little bit is if it, this is, it's going to be a pretty active route. Um, actually the female, uh, unsupported was just set, um, about four days ago. Okay. Um, new record there for by seven minutes. So that was kind of a tight, close one. Um, wow. And there's somebody on it right now. There's a female. And there's it. somebody on another one going after it right now. She looks to be tracking a hair behind, but, uh, okay. yeah, so this is going to be, this is going to be a busy route this summer. Um, okay. It's a pretty tight window though. Uh, as July creeps in, it's a lot of people don't realize they think Vermont's is, you know, kind of not hot. It gets incredibly hot up there. They have really high humidity that blows in off the great lakes. Yeah. Um, so it is, July is a brutal month to do it. August is rough. Uh, it's great in September, October, except then you've lost light. Um, mm. So you're going to be doing a lot of a lot of time in the dark. Yeah. Uh, and it, and then the cold can be a big factor. I mean, they have typically have a, their first snow will be in late September. So you yeah. have that whole thing to contend with. So it depends what happens this year. If if uh, I think the six, you know, this has a currently the record is just under six days. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. It's not easy to get that. It's a reasonable uh, goal for me. Okay. Um, I, I think I could hit a five and a half. I kind of feel like that's the, the five and a half days. I think that's sort of the way within the realm of possibility. So we'll just have to see what, what happens if it goes down to five days or something. It's, you know, at my age, it's just, it's again, I think it's a little out of my league. So I got to find a different route. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's no, there's no master's division in the FKTs. So. You're right. Right. It's, it's, it's there. It's, it's, yeah, it's it or nothing. So <laughs> um, exactly. Um, before we talk about what's what's next, um, uh, you talk you, you made mention of um, uh, part of your I guess part of your part of your why for this. You know, you, you did it to raise awareness and money for the brigade. Talk about that uh, so people can uh, to know what that's about. Yeah, so the Play Play Brigade is a uh, organization out of Boston um, that was founded basically to uh, by a, a woman who had a, has a daughter who was. Um, just severely disabled at birth um, and has really become an advocate for inclusivity in the outdoors for people with various challenges like that. Um, and 
it's kind of a wide spectrum, so it's kind of cool. But we uh, we have a close family friend um, who has uh, kind of similar issues, but he was born with uh, some a whole bunch of different challenges and has a uh, limb difference, especially on his his arm. He's now 19, um, and recently, you know, these kids go through. I don't know, he's been through something like 10 surgeries since birth, wow. um, yeah. correcting spinal incorrections, and you know. Um, some digits being moved around and things like that. Um, and the, what these families go through and, you know, it's not just the kid, it's also the families and then the siblings as well. Then those families, um, is, is just off the charts. Um, and then he's, this kid in particular, as he's progressed and being now an adolescent, he's a uh, freshman in college right now. And they, it's kind of, I think as a younger child, it's almost, I don't want to say it's easy. That's not my point, but it's, it's, you know, they get used to being poked and prodded and, operated on and in pain the sort of constant state of pain it's just it's their normal um but as they get older all these other factors play in it's like oh well now they become aware of how people maybe perceive them on the street what do they look like um are they going to be able to does it affect them getting married one day um are they gonna be able to find a partner yeah um all these crazy things start up so anyway he elected to basically have his arm extended this year um they actually severed it uh both bones um because it's, it's foreshortened. Uh, his left arm is foreshortened by like around eight inches or so. Oh, wow. so. They severed the arm in entirety and then put a brace on with a contraption that uh, they basically just crank. Uh, so every time those bones start to regrow to sort of re-meet each other, they turn and turn this key and separate it again. Wow. So you can only, you can only imagine, I mean, it's like a, it's something medieval sort of torturers would, you know, conjure up. It's crazy. Yeah. So the pain and sort of, you know, I think the, and as I said, and going into his adolescent years that this kid has sort of gone through in the last year, um, I was talking to his dad one day and then I was just like, I was like, Steve, I gotta, I gotta do this thing for Clancy. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where it all started, um, was really running this thing for Clancy Lions. And, uh, and then I partnering with the play brigade, I've done some fundraising with them in the past, um, on some other events and they're just a fantastic organization. So they kind of, they provided the structure, um, to sort of do this, do this campaign. Um, yeah. and I think there's still an active site up on there right now for the ambassador challenge it's called, and it's at, uh, the play Um, so, uh, we managed, I think we're up to like $10,000 right now. Nice. Nice. Um, so we actually signed on, um, opened it up to whoever wanted to basically nominate an ambassador, um, to sort of send a message or become a rep basically for the, uh, for the event, uh, and we're kind of figuring out what to do with those last 14.6 miles. Um, so I think we're the, the, the ambassadors, they reached out to me this morning, the play brigade did and said, they'd like to uh, actually have the ambassadors run those, those 14.6 on their own, not on the trail, but you yeah. know, in their own communities and, and kind of finish the trail for me, which I thought was pretty amazing. So that's um, so cool. So it's pretty cool. So I, I think it's so, you know, that was a huge component of sort of bringing real meaning to this thing. And, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. It was a huge piece of inspiration. It was phenomenal. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And, and I'll, I'll make sure and I'll put uh, links in the, in the show notes to, um, to the, thank you. That'd be great. And, yeah. But the, if anybody wants to see what it's about and give, give to it, uh, even after the fact, um, you know, please, it's good stuff. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, man. Well, um, so you've got a, another race coming up and you should be in pretty good shape. Well, hopefully well, you, oh, cardiovascularly, you should be in good shape, but what about your feet, yes. man? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just, is the bottom 5% that are on the ground. Uh, um, they're, well, they're up on a chair right now, but they are in rough, rough shape. I've never seen them like this. There's, I mean, super swollen. It's a hair better today. I'd say, yeah. um, it's, uh, 
I mean, just open blister stuff at the back. So they're, they're disgusting, but the, basically the whole pad of the foot on the underside, I mean, it, it got so swollen that there is, I think it actually started to sort of separate, um, from the foot. Okay. Um, it's, it's not, I don't want to go into too many nasty details, but we'll see what recovery time is going to be like. So this could be yeah, high lonesome, uh, 100 in Colorado is, uh, July 20, I don't know, but roughly a month away. Okay. Um, yeah. As long as I know how to climb hills now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to climb it down. <laughs> I just, I just, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah. It's an awesome, I've been, I mean, I was, but this is, that got deferred from last year with COVID and everything. So I'm super stoked to be out there. That'll be a super fun run. And um, my son just moved out to Colorado as well. So I'll be meeting up with him out there and he'll be my crew. So um, I'm going to go for it. We'll see what happens. It's uh, yeah. ho- hopefully I can walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you can get it done because altitude and uh, you know, it'll be, yeah. Yeah. Well, and hopefully you can get a, uh, you know, get your feet a little healed up where oh, you can. And then I don't know if you heard, but there's a, uh, it's Arkansas one traveler 100 we're doing. So I know Edie signed up for that. Um, um, I'm looking for my Western States ticket. So yeah. uh, I kind of jumped in on that one last minute. And so did Edie. <laughs> yes. so there's uh, there's the South uh, Louisiana contingency is all going to be reunited down there for that one. So that'll uh, be super uh, fun. Yeah. And I'll be out there between two hundreds, uh, helping, uh, helping, uh, Cliff, my coach, um, you know, helping crew nice. him and, and, uh, I won't be pacing cause I'll, I'll just be limping around probably trying to recover from, uh, from the, from the first one, but, uh, <laughs> but it'll be good to see you guys, yeah, man, man. You got a, you got a big year too coming up. It's going to be yeah. crazy. Well, that's why I'm kind of, I'm listening to you and, and, you know, I mean, it's a little different effort, but I know about the sleep deprivation yeah. and the, uh, you know, that, uh, that weird, one foot in front of the other kind of uh, single mindedness you have to fall into sometime. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to more of that. I, I think those are, I don't know. Those are skills you can't, you can't train for though. You know, they just, I think you can try and mentally you know, conjure them up and be prepared to, to have to do that. But it's uh, it, it just happens there. I, I was really having, I was having flashbacks from a, a very specific time at Tahoe, um, with some confusion and like, why am I here? <laughs> what am I doing on this trail? And what are those lights over there where the other people, it was at night running and right. like, what's happening <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I, I, you know, congratulations on what you were able to get done. And of course, when you, when you set out to do it again, you know, I'll be, we'll be cheering you on and, uh, might uh, do it a little more quietly this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, yes, I'll, I'll tell you when it's over. <laughs> okay. Oh, you got to tell me before, man. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta be praying for you and sending good juju your way, man. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, uh, yeah. And, and I hope you're healed up for high loans man because that that that's an amazing course from you know uh from what i've seen yeah, it, looks, and the, it looks beautiful the buckle yeah. is fine <laughs> the buckle's fine and uh, caleb's an awesome dude he's done a, he's been really great on his communication all year and it's uh yeah. excited to be out there yeah, some man. good people yeah. and then hopefully uh i definitely see you in october and uh you know who knows hey you still have an invite for any one of the 200 you well, want to come join I, in the I, fun you, man you're supposed to be getting back to me we should do this off the air but <laughs> okay oh oh yeah okay well let's let's uh, let's, let's let's visit when i hit stop because it's been it nuts lately good. on this end uh, i know i know i know yeah but thank thanks so much for having me on and uh i mean thanks for what you're doing i think for the community as well i think you're nice. it's nice having kind of a you're elite in my book, but oh. it's nice having, um, it's, it's just fun having, I think for sort of the average, um, 
people like us. Um, not that any of us are average because this is a whole weird thing that people don't know. This is, this is an abnormal club. Is what it is. But, it's whatever. But, but I don't know. It's, it's nice to have a, a really appreciate the program and um, just having some, it's nice having a, a more neutral voice, I guess, on the, on the whole thing than these, these, uh, these elites. Well, I appreciate who I, love, who I love as well. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, and, and thank you for coming on and, 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 but, and sharing, even though you, you didn't accomplish the, the, the A goal or whatever, but, but so thank you for coming on and being real and, and sharing. I love, I Absolutely. love that. And, um, and yeah, so thanks. And, uh, and think about putting it out there when you do it again, so we can, you know, cheer yeah, you and put, put a link up to my Instagram on there too. Cause if anybody has any questions, I mean, really be happy to help. Um, this whole FKT thing is super fun. So if anybody needs pointers or wants, you know, entertaining thought of doing one, I'd be like super, super, super happy to, to help out um, and point them in the right direction. Definitely. Definitely. will do that, brother. All right, man. Well, Hey, thanks. And uh, see you soon, brother. All right, man. Appreciate it. Take care. All right.